Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore. This is your man Kai here from Man in the Mirror. And we are here live with a live interview with Mr. Derek Barnes. He is a author, speaker, and entrepreneur and motivator. And he is actually our second guest for our that we dedicated to June for the authors on the real, where our authors are real people, real stories, and who are real overcomers as well. And we've invited him last week. We had Miss Roshika Henry. This week we have Mr. Derek Barnes to share this platform and tell us about him this evening. And But before we start our show, as always, we'll begin in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just bow down in this humble service. Lord, thank you, Lord, for our lying down. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies over the busy highways and byways, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for the guests on the show tonight. Continue to bless him. Mr. Barnes in a mighty way. Bless his family. Bless all his endeavors, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you for the man in the mirror. Continue to help us to be, continue to help us to be the show that you want us to be. And we will never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Christ's name that we pray. Amen. And welcome to the show, Mr. Barnes. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. We're going to call you Derek. Is that okay? That's fine with me, brother. Pleasure to be here. All right. Uh, as I said, our author this month is Mr. Derek Barnes, or Derek. He's a author, speaker, entrepreneur, and motivator. And if you guys have any questions, you can call in at 917-889-2271. That's 917-889-2271. Or you can log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And I'm actually going to read a little bit about Mr. Barnes, and then I'm going to let him actually give us his story and tell us you know, how he came to be who he is today. The key through any dark time is a beacon of light, a beacon of inspiration and hope. We are living in a dangerous time where young men are becoming disempowered, where they are expected to fall, rather rise where they are defined by their present circumstances rather than taught how to shape and create their future. Derek Barnes grew up in the rough streets of East Baltimore and knows firsthand the deep and complex challenges of our young men and their environments. Derek was labeled as having a learning disability and put into special education from an early age, a label that could have forever changed how he defined himself and his potential. He saw things weren't right. The odds weren't in favor of young men on the rise. He saw things needed to change. He enrolled himself into manhood training classes in his teens. In these classes, he was guided by healthy male role models, men who had vision, strength, and understanding. And I'll read that again. Men who had vision, strength, and understanding. And again, um, Derek, welcome to Man in the Mirror. You know, we you know we have um, people on here with real people, real stories, and real overcomers. And what you want, what I want you to do, is tell us your story. You know, tell us your story because um, as I did some research on you, as I always do, you got a lot going on. And I didn't even mention that you're also a 
Baltimore firefighter, you know. Yes, also, you grew up on the rough side of the mountain, as I say, the east side of Baltimore. I call that the rough side of the mountain because that's the rough side. Okay. But you grew up in the east side. So, yeah, you had a lot of things going against you. And I only say that because I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm not, you know, and then once I noticed, right. once I stepped on the other side of Baltimore, it's like, okay, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto, but um, tell us your story because I know our listening audience, people, you know, people have been interested in hearing about you and, you know, as being an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and motivator, but people don't realize we all have a beginning somewhere. Right. Well, that's true. First of all, again, thank you for giving me this awesome opportunity to be a guest of yours on this uh, outstanding platform. Uh, like many uh, young men growing up in Baltimore City uh, and Philadelphia and many of the other cities and the uh, urban communities, we are plagued with far more negative uh, uh, uh I guess, examples, you would say, than we do have uh, positive, you know, with the recreation centers being closed and uh, more prisons being built around us. It can be a a dark uh, trap, if you will. But by God's grace, at a young age, uh, things changed for me. I was attending public school, as you read, in which my my education in, in its early early uh, start wasn't the best as I was labeled with a learning disability and placed in special education. This uh, situation has shut down so many lives and it attempted to do mines as well. However, I battled back. I had a positive teacher by the name of Mr. Isaac Hemphill who helped me to see uh, things outside of the box, brother. See life different when he's found me in a uh, in a dark condition, a dark mindset, you would say. And uh, he helped me to see things different again. So I, be- I began to work in the community at the age of 15, 17 years old <clears throat> uh, in some of Baltimore's most crime and drug infested areas. I uh, had began, you know, helping to revitalize some of these communities, high-rise projects that we used to have here, uh, such as Flags and Murphy Homes, uh, like many major cities had had these uh, high-rises, and they were all just flooded with crime and violence. So at that time, you know, I enrolled myself in manhood training classes, which was taught by responsible, strong black male images, and not to put race on it, Brother Hezekiah, but it's an it's imperative that I mention that because we're in a unique condition as young black men. And I needed that shining example. I needed that gravitational pull of positivity in my life. So working shoulder to shoulder with these men, it, it, as they say, steel sharp and steel. And I did my best to continue my work in the community and was quite successful alongside these uh, responsible men. And I just wanted to take uh, you know, my 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 aspirations higher, and was uh, you know took it took it further, and became a correctional officer because uh, I had a heightened sense of security from working inside of the inside of the community, 
again, I became a correctional officer, and I did that for eight years, working shoulder to shoulder with more responsible men, yet working with men who were outside of the box and caught in all manner of uh, negativity, which ranges from anything from drug drug dealing to murder. And uh, as a correctional officer, I was in that environment and, and had a positive impact, if I might add, with uh, different conversations that I had and turning the wing into a think tank, if you will. So I uh, did that for eight years and striving to take my career higher. I became a Baltimore City firefighter in which I, I was blessed in the, fir- in the front seat of some of the things that we see on the news, some of these horrific shootings and homicides. I was placed in the front row. Uh, that's what the job did for me. And, uh, and a lot of this was constantly, again, plagued in these drug and crime invested in c- communities. And it gave, me an, it gave me access that normal individuals just wouldn't, wouldn't have on a day-to-day or civilians, as you would say are not placed with these uh, situations where they're able to witness and be of assistance. So I did that, and I'm presently doing so. And I just wanted to continue to build and inspire not just men, but men. As a young man, I inspired to do so, but anyone, male, female, can benefit from good information. So what I did, I strive to put in my book, The Science of Manhood, Steps to Self-Improvement, 24 Steps to help us avoid negative situations or get ourselves out of negative situations. So that I, I launched that book, and I've been touring and speaking to groups of young men from Goodwill to Catholic Charities to throughout the communities all along the east side of the country. And that brings us to the present, being honored to be a guest here uh, on a Man in the Mirror, and it's an honor. Excellent. I do appreciate that. I'm not going to make it easy for you tonight because I'm I always take notes when I'm talking. And me being yes, an educator way back when, um, how old were you? Because we're they're labeling children left and right special ed. Right. So right. to go from where you were as a special ed, how old were you when they labeled you special special ed, or were they gave you that condition? Right. And having that condition. condition. Yes, sir. They gave me that condition uh, towards the end of my elementary school year, years. So I would say, uh, you know, 11 to 12 years old, it, it really began to uh, take effect where <clears throat> I was verbally being told about different limitations and so forth. So they, they attacked us, when I say they, talking about the uh, public school system, will start attacking as young as seven and eight years old and uh, and planting these negative seeds into the hearts and minds of these young men. And what it does is, okay. it, is it extracts the drive out of a young man. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I agree 100% wholly with you because right. the Bible says out of heart comes the issues of life. And it also says, you know, speak life. We're supposed to speak life. You know, we're supposed to speak life, and many times if you keep labeling someone something, right. sooner or later they'll start to believe it. So, I, you know, I, I I agree with you with that, and I'm so glad that you said, okay, this ain't going to be me. This is not going to be right. me. And you said you had a uh, Mr. Isaac that actually he started planting seeds into your life. 
Yes, sir. Very much so. Positive seeds. And I can honestly say, Brother Esgai, if I had not met him at that moment in time, I did not intervene when he did. And not even say I would be here today, at least not in this mindset and not in this emotional or mental condition. What he did and the actions he took as a responsible man actually saved my very life. And that brings us here today as well. Excellent. And, and, that, and, and that was a godsend because many times we don't understand that God will put those angels in our lives and put those angels in our lives that will actually help us out to become what we need to be because we may not have that father figure or that mother figure that we need. So what God will do is send someone, you know, and I believe, you know, from hearing your story that uh, Mr. Isaac was that, you know, angel that God put in your life to put some positivity, if we can make, you know, create that word positivity in you. Because one, you know, they were saying, you know, they were labeling you. They wanted you to be labeled for the rest of your life. And now you're, yes, you know, you're special ed. You got to go to special ed classes. I mean, you got to ride a special bus. I mean, you got to do all of the above. But God said not so. God said right. not so. And that wasn't going to happen. And then I'm going to fast forward. I'm glad God actually sent Mr. Isaac to you because he was actually your angel. You know, we never know when those angels are going to be in our lives. They may be here for a minute. They may be here for a lifetime. Or they may be here just for a season. But they're here for a reason. Then you um, touched on something that um, you're going, you actually was going straight down the line. Then you said that they're actually, you know, closing all the rec centers. You know, they're closing all the rec centers. And so if you close the rec centers, then our children don't have any place to go after school. You're right. right. You can't be in school all day. So then our children don't have anywhere to go and release because, again, you know, we, we, I don't know if you're as old as I am, but we had recess years ago. So during the middle of the school day, we used to, you know, chill, have some fun, go out and play burn off that energy, and then come back in and finish the day. But today's schools don't have recess anymore. They're basically trying to take up um, physical education as well so the children don't right. have anywhere to release. And what I'm saying more is now you got the rec centers closed, now you're building more prisons. And I actually um, I heard someone say a while ago that they're building another Youth Detention Center, downtown Baltimore. So, okay, yes, okay so yeah, you're, 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 setting up right. our, you're setting up our young community for failure. So, you know, because, you know, it, it's, it's a step-by-step process. And as we had um, one pastor on here, one um, pastor on here, Larry Watkins, he um, said that we're slow-walking our children. Satan is slow-walking these people, these young people to where they're going to be so caught up in in the community and things that are going on and doing things wrong since we don't have anywhere for them to go, where they will end up in that new use facility that they are building. You're right, and we need to avoid that at all costs. As you said, closing the recreation centers, not creating, allowing outlets for this energy, this bottled-up energy, 
this frustration that we all have watching the news and being plagued with these community, uh, communities full of violence. There needs to be a natural outlet. There needs to be, there needs to be uh, an avenue that a young man or young woman can take to uh, uh, avoid the path of negativity. This is a must. When you close these centers, when you close these child centers, these recreation centers, you're actually closing in the individual. You know, rock in a hard place, place that they say. But what I like to call it in one of the chapters in the sounds of manhood and test of self-improvement, I have a chapter called The Trap. And, it, and that's exactly what it is. It gives a breakdown of what a trap is, what it looks like to be set up. And when you close these avenues for these children, when you close it, you start to create a vacuum, if you will. You start to make it possible for, for, for these young men to uh, implode on themselves. And, 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 and you heard me say implode because all of the anger inside starts to consume the individual. There's no outlet for the broken home. There's no outlet for the drug abuse, the mental abuse, or the, or the, uh, or the neglect that a lot of our youth are facing today. You know, the, the direction that a young man needs from a man. And when he doesn't get that, you have to understand that he is becoming other than himself. And it lands us in the prison. It lands us in the graveyard, very live. So not only is this information important, but it's life-saving information that must be implemented into these young men's lives. And that's what I strive to do with the science of manhood. Amen, amen, amen. Um, Like I said, you, you and I are on the same page with that. And you said at the age of 15 you started working in a community. So, you know, yes, tell us more about, you know, what was that like? Brother, it was, again, some a combination, a part, a part of a, what had started to guide me on a path to want more, want, not only for myself, but for the community. And working directly with these men, uh, Further empowered me, further inspired me. Said before, and I can't uh, repeat it enough. Feel, sharpen, steel. Positive images for a young man coming up. Nothing's better than another another image of himself. You understand what I'm saying? And these things mm-hmm. are very, very ins- instrumental in a young man's life. It's the, it could be the meaning, because we can speak straight words here for the Hezekiah and to your. And to your listening audience. You know, I, I greatly respect. I'm going to do my best to make it plain, but I have to be truthful. It could mean the difference between life and death. You don't have time to jump and play on each side of the line and uh, pick which organization or, or community group you want to be a part of. We don't have that type of time in death. They make coffins in all sizes. You know how many funerals and wakes I go to due to dying? mind of some of these young men and women losing their lives in, at an early late age. And it, it creates a pit in my stomach, a pain in the pit of my stomach when I see this. I wanted to do whatever I could to be a part of what reversed it. So that's what propelled me into working with you with the manhood training. The shopping myself, going inside of the prison system, going to the group homes, going to the community to address some of these young men because it has to be done. 
this. There are no more options. We're not that wealthy in the sense of time and the manner of the work that has to be done. We don't have the option to jump and choose and pick. We are at the bare necessities of need here. And that's where I come in. That's where I link in with others. That's what the, the beauty of, of man in the mirror is. A brother such as yourself, Brother Hezekiah, giving an avenue for someone to share information. This is what we need. This is community repair. This is correcting the wrongs. This is instilling hope. You can't sit on the stoop today. We cannot sit on the stoop today and watch the society go by while it washes our youth down the drain. We cannot do that. Mm. If we do that, we are yet traitors to our community. And like I, I like mm. to make it plain through in the, in the book and in my meetings, Brother Hezekiah, God didn't come to make us punks and cows. His work to be done. Uh, let me just put this plug in. You're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and our special guest tonight, Mr. Derek Barnes. He is an author, a speaker, a motivation, motivator, and a, an all-around man. He is here you know, live with us and an entrepreneur. He is here live with us. You can call him at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And um, I agree, again, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying tonight because that was something that I've always said. The system is set up to fail. Everything that you've said so far from the time they labeled you special ed until, you know, until taking rec centers out, building more prisons, and you said to yourself, things have to change. And um, I like what you said. I like what you did. You said, okay, I need help. And you devoted yourself, and you did the work. You went into a manhood training class, and I actually was in something similar to that way back in Philadelphia years ago as a teenager like yourself. And but they don't do these things anymore. You know, a manhood training class is showing these young men how to be men. You know, sometimes right. you know they think that if a man cries, he's a punk. You no, know, man, God created men with emotions. So if you have an emotion. Exactly. You know, if something is going wrong and you're feeling it, there's nothing wrong with crying. But what society has done is change that to, you mm. know, you, you know, you got to don't be a punk. No, I'm just being a man. You know, manhood training right. was there. And, they, and I like what you said um, in that you had men who had a vision because, of, you know, without, you know, we, the Bible says you got to write that vision, make it plain. You know, God gives us a vision. It, it's up to us to follow through that vision. They had strength. They were strong men, and they had understanding. They knew right. where you were coming from, and they met you where you were at so they can help you to get to where you need to go. So, you know, we, and, you know some of our young men will look at a person like you and like, okay, you know, they won't say, they think you made it, you know, you were just always there. No, if they listen to your story and read your book, they'll find out that you came from the same place, East Baltimore, that they That's came right. from. So, That's you right. you know, stop looking at the now and find out where has that person been. You're right. Some millionaires had to work 
some millionaires had to work a little harder, hard, real hard to make their millions, and they had failures too. But everybody see where they're at now. But we have to stop looking at them now and remember where did he, where did he come from? Everybody has a story. That's what I love about my show because you see where we are now, but you don't know. That's why I say real people, real stories, who are real overcomers. You overcame right. that, you know, label that they tried to put on you, and God sent an angel in your life. Now, that, you know, what if the script was flipped and you never overcame that? And those same, you may wow. end up in those same prisons that you were actually a correctional officer at for eight years. So, you know, that somebody was writing your story. The script was being written as you were growing, and you were changing that script left and right. Like, no, I'm going to change this. I need an eraser. I yeah. need to change this because this is not going to work out for me. But you were right. God was placing people in your life like, okay, let me put this man here. He needs him right now. All right, now he's in these training classes. Okay, good. We got him. You know, he's on, he's on path. He may stray a little bit. But God's been putting the right people in your life to bring you where you need to be. Because your story, he didn't want your story to end. Satan was trying to change your story. But you had in your mind, now that's not going to be my story. We're going to, we're going to change this. We're going to work hard with this one. Because, I mean, and I think it's a beautiful thing that you said, okay, I'm going to go to manhood training. Because most guys won't do it. You know it. If you even tell them, these good young guys today, they'll look at you like you got three heads on. They'll look you're at right, you like you got three heads on. It's like you're right, but listen, manhood listen. trainer. I'm, a, I'm already a man. <laughs> but, see, you have to be willing to change. In order to, 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 to change, you have to be willing. And that's what a lot of us have managed. You, is you uh, made it clear. We're broken down. We're misguided. A man doesn't cry. A man doesn't have emotion. We all have emotion. And that's what gives us balance in life. It's for us to have control over our emotions to the best of our ability. But by all means, we have emotion. And being misguided, being told that, Men, a man is this, this definition of a man. He doesn't do this. We have to stop misguiding our young men. And you talked about, you talked about, excuse me, you spoke about um, the process. Some of they, they see you for what you are now. They see Derek Barnes. They see the book. They see the company. They see the job, the tour, and all of that. However, like you, you like to make a complain about the beginning, about the process. People have to love the process, to love the process in order to get the, the benefit out of what they presently see. You understand? You, 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 have to, you have to dig in and see the roots of the situation. It's the roots that make that tree what it is. It makes it a strong. It gives it the foundation. It's the roots and how deep they go into the earth. And that comes from a process. But when we are constantly... Mm-hmm. Eating from the tell-lie vision, the tell-lie vision, which shows us our hip-hop and, and, and athletes, and they show the riches, and they show the money, and they show the homes, but they don't show you the process. They don't show you the schoolwork. They don't show you the sacrifices that these young men and young women are making to become better, to become great. But the key word is become a process. Mm. Oh, you, you preach. 
you're preaching to the choir because you know I've studied music my whole life, and to learn any song, you got the process. You got to practice. If you don't learn, if you don't practice, if you don't practice, you're not going to learn it. And um, they got to also realize that you know the Bible says Jesus wept. The smallest verse in the Bible, but that was showing that he was he he was two words. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty six, right. if I'm correct. But um, you got to remember, Jesus was also God, man, and human. So when Lazarus, when he went and found out that Lazarus had died, he was just showing the manhood that, yeah, Jesus wept. And right. he was one of the greatest men around, and that's in the word of God. He was the greatest. He was and still is the greatest, and, and he was a man. There was no, no, no kind of punk in him, no, nothing wrong with him. He was all man. And, we, and that's what we, we need to, yes, we need to, to show our young men in the word of God, the Christ. That's right. The Christ is in us. You know, they, they don't understand that. They think, oh, that God stuff. No, that God stuff is real. Because guess what? Who woke you up this morning? I'm sorry, I forgot you all. They don't want to go through that process. Everybody wants the, the resurrection, but that path that it takes, the path of Christ. You mm-hmm. know, that's our charge today. We can't give our people a watered down. No one wants to go deep into the aspect of carrying in your own cross. We love the mm-hmm. fact that our Christ bared the cross and for us and the price he paid for us. But we got a cross to take. And many, not all, but many are not teaching that. And we're dying in the street because we have a, 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 a mystical uh, understanding of, of Almighty God, Christ, and the process that it takes to develop us into the people that God wants us to be. It's your cross you got to carry. Key words, yours. We have, a, a, again, a false mystical understanding that he did it so I don't have to do it. And that's not so. And your path of manhood, womanhood, becoming a greater person, God must be the center of it, regardless of what name you call him. We don't have all the answers, but the work will speak for itself. And faith without right. works is dead. Let your works show you. Let your hands and, and your works show the man or the woman you are. No longer can we claim Christ and figure, oh, it's all fixed now. It's all better because I claim Christ. Oh, there's work to be done. And I'm talking about the Christ, the table turner, the situation changer, the one that makes boys into men and women in, and, and, and young girls into women by a shining Amen. Okay? So that's, that's the thing I want to drive home. Eat healthy. And I'm not talking about physical food. Just from in front of the television, young men. Get from the front of it, young women, because the, the diet that we're eating from this television is fooling and tricking us into the grave, and it seems to be all fun and games until it's time to go view your body, your child's body, down at the morgue. Then it changes everything. It's a party, and everything's a game until it's your son out under the sheet in the street. So yes, there's a spiritual side, damn it, there's a physical side too. And you can lose your physical life 
if you hesitate, get finished. Drag your feet in making a proper decision at the time that it needs to be made. But I like to say this, brother, and please listen. I mean, this this is so important. The chance, the, the opportunity of a lifetime means nothing if you don't move in the lifetime of the opportunity. So if you can have it all lined up, you can claim this and claim that, but you do have to get up. And move. Nothing's going to fall in your lap. Nothing's going to fall in your lap. Amen, amen, amen. And um, before we go, well, I'll wait to after we come back from break because I got I have a few more questions to ask you. Um, but I'm listening, you know, it's, I, before we go on break, I'll say this. It's almost like they want to go to work. They want the paycheck at the end of the two weeks, but they don't want to do the work. That's the process is you got to work. You got to put those 40, 80 hours in to get exactly. that paycheck. But if you don't put that 40 or 80 hours in, then how how do you expect to get a paycheck? And I think many times we are, you know, we are making, we as all of us are making our young people lazy. Some of, some of, us, some of us spoil our children. You know, some of us spoil our young men. They're thinking that they have, but we'll, you know, I'll wait till we come back off break. But you know, you know, I, I have this thing that some of our young men think they're owed something, you know, from wow. somebody when they, and and that's the issue that I have. It's like we owe you something. But um, we get ready to take a break. Um, we're gonna have a few notes from our supporters. Music instructions for all learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instructions such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 888-501-8650, extension 778, to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And also, this just in, H.L. Montgomery Enterprise is hosting its first event, an afternoon with an author. Have you always said that you wanted to write a book? Well, talk no more. Come meet Hezekiah L. Montgomery. Oh, I know that guy. Writer of the riveting novel Rediscovering Kai as he hosts a writer's workshop on July 16, 2016 at 4443 Bel Air Road from 12 to 5. The cost of the workshop is $85. You will be in what we call a writer's boot camp. You will also have a chance to meet one of the best publishers around, Ms. Tashina Davis, uh, founder and CEO of Purposely Created Publishing Group, a boutique publishing company specializing in literature that empowers others through social awareness, education, and personal transformation. Another sponsor is Curry Boss Project. Curry Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, inspire motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curry chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curry Boss Project and their website at www.curryboss.com. We will take a short break, and we'll be back more with a live interview with Mr. Derek Barnes, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and motivator.
Back live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, our co-host Michelle Johnson is at a special event this evening with a lot of other people that on Facebook are at. But you know, as they say, the show must go on. So I is here in the house, literally. I'm here, but we are having a live interview with Mr. Derek Barnes, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and motivator. And he's been motivating me tonight. If you haven't heard, you can call in at 917-889-2271, 917-889-2271. And if you have a question for our guest tonight, please press number one on your phone and you'll be put in our queue. Or you can log into our chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror, and uh, it would. I just want to make sure that people have your contact information. So, if they okay. wanted to contact you about your book or any other information that they want about you or what you've been through, um, please give my listening audience your contact information, Derek. Yes, sir. Uh, to reach me, just simply go to the website www.clear-vision. Inc.com, or you can find your brother on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to share any comments or wishes that you have. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm just going to continue this um, interview. Now, you say we're going to back up again. Um, you said sure. you were a correction officer for eight years. Now, why just eight years? Because I know I have a good friend of mine from a former church who actually retired, you know, from there. Like, he was in a service, you know, as most young men do. After the service, he did that for like 25, 30 years. So why did you just do eight years? Well, excellent question. I did eight years. Uh, I had a want to do a bit more than what corrections was allowing me to do. And when I say allowing me, was the contact uh, with the men in the prison to to see better. That environment wasn't the best place for the spirit that I was trying to share with uh, the uh, the uh, male inmate. And when I say that, I don't mean it in a legal form. But in the form of information, I wanted to have a broader reach, and I wanted to also uh, excel and, and elevate my career. I wanted to help people. So I left corrections and went into the Baltimore City Fire Department, which okay. a different caliber, a different level of contact, and a different level of reach uh, when it comes to young men and young women in the community at large, one that I did not find even though I love and respect my brothers and Christians, my brothers and sisters in corrections, I wanted to do something a bit more. Okay. So basically it sounds like you wanted to minister to them, not more just watch them and babysit them, right, but you right, wanted right. to minister to them. And with you being in there as an officer, 
you were your hands were tied basically. That's what you're that's what I'm hearing. Your hands were it, tied. You can you can go but so far yes, and then the system is not gonna let you do that even no, though, sir. you know, they need it and they were probably wanting it, but right. unfortunately in that in the capacity, in that, capacity that you were at right. you couldn't do it. But now you can Correct. go back and that's another dream of mine or another vision that God gave me. Um uh, it, it's coming, so I'm a speaking to a fruition right now. Um, right. I'm speaking. Of, I'm thinking of a foundation to go help support those, you know, the H.L. Montgomery Foundation, which will be coming within the next few years to support those who are incarcerated, support their families, because a lot of families don't understand right. what's going on with them inside and what's going on those on the outside, those who you know right. support them from the outside. Both parties need support. You know, You're right. a lot of if people I don't understand it. that. You're right. And, if I may. Um, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so much information in the spirit of good, good information. Um, I presently do prison outreach. I've gone back into the very prisons that I worked as a correctional officer, worked the manhood training for all across the state of Maryland. And I, well, we've been inspiring hundreds of men, hundreds of men who desire a real change, who really want to return to their families in a productive manner. So many of our young men, as you know, they're in the prison and they don't, and they're doing three to five to twenty years, and they have not put together a plan on how to return home. No one's teaching them how to position their hearts and minds to return back into society. And when we do this, when this is done, we, we they return to the community, but just as ill, just as affected, just as angry, just as frustrated as they were, if not more, than when they went into the into the correctional environment. So what we do in the manner of training, we instill that hope back into the hearts and minds of those who want true Those who want to, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it said those who want to, you give it to those who want to. Yes, sir. Those who want change, because you know, okay, the system is a revolving door of madness. But those who want change, who really desire true change, can take that information and make the most of it. And I like what you said, revolving door of madness, because that's just what it is. Because. If you don't, if you let them out, you got they got to have something to be able to do. They have right. to have something to do, or they'll end up back in. Because what? Because it's a fact. and I and I, it's it's a fact, and you're right. Because guess what? It's it's all in the system. That's how the system. And it was going to start off with you as that seven to eight year old little boy, and then fifteen, right. sixteen years down the line, you would have been part of that revolving door. But right, you myself. said no. That's not going to happen. And people don't realize it starts off, we have to speak life. We have to speak life. Again, I'll say that again. We have to speak life into our young people, into our young men, into our young women. Women, the words of life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have to continue speaking life into these individuals and someone came and spoke life into you and here you are now speaking life 
to other individuals. And, you know, I, I applaud you for, you know, you changed it around. You said, okay, I can't work for y'all right now. I can't do this because this is not what I want to do. You got them here. You feed them three meals a day. You're not speaking life into them. You're not speaking anything. You're just holding them down after 20 years when they get back mm-hmm. out in society. What's going to be waiting for them? Right. But what you're, right. what you're going to do and what I want to do is later on, you know, come up with my foundation where we're going to give them support inside and out. That way, right. you know, when they do come out and, you know, do if and when, they'll be okay. You know, they have people there showing that we still love you because, right. you know, people got to realize they need love on the inside as well. You're you know, right. These are fathers easy. and missing brothers from our community. These are the missing husbands, man. These are the fathers. So we have to plug back in, um, help them to plug back in to society to be to be that positive example, man, to get back in formation, to get back on their post, to get back with their family. You know? I was asked on a on a on a uh previous interview about why, why God, why are you talking to them? Why not just invest and 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 what and individuals who are out here are already already trying to do better. Why not invest in them? Because we cannot forget that again, these are our fathers, our missing brothers, our missing uncles from our family, man. And 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 so you pe- offer the opportunity of self improvement. Right. It does not right. mean that everyone is going to take it. Because you right. cannot save and everybody, the- but you can save everybody you can. Exactly. And um, they just have to feel, and I think they have to understand and know in their heart that they weren't abandoned. Yeah, they made a mistake. The Bible says all have sinned. And I put this throughout my book so people don't, you know, remember when when we make mistakes, when you make mistakes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are just in a different situation. So, you know, just because they made a mistake, that does not, you know, you can't write them off for the rest of their life. They right. need, they can't feel abandoned because sometimes people feel abandoned when they are left left without nobody coming to visit them or nobody you know you know checking up on them or nobody you know. We don't want to, want them to feel that they are left out because with that right. feeling and when they do come out, they're gonna have that lonely feeling, and they again like you say a revolving door. But it has to stop, and we all have to realize it's just a trick of the enemy. All that is is Satan saying, "Okay, you out now, but guess what? He yep. following me. You'll be back in." And I applaud you. I applaud you because you turned it around. You said, "Okay, I did my eight years. That's all I'm going to do because this is not what I want to do." You've seen what was going on inside. You've seen, you know. Um, that they really aren't doing anything to help them. They are just there, you know. You didn't want to be there just to make a paycheck. You want to be there to make a right. difference. Exactly. Many, you know, many, many of them stay there 20, 30 years because it's a paycheck to them, and they just do their time, retire, and go on. But you became a fireman. I applaud you for that because, again, it's a job. But, again, every time you go out, you don't know what's going to happen. But right. you're making a difference in the community as well. 
I'm starving too. So I'm just I'm just enjoying tonight because I'm learning a lot. You and I have a lot in common, you know, when it comes to you know wanting to help those who actually can't help themselves, which to prepare them to be, you know, you're taking that manhood training program and taking it into the prisons, and that's a good thing because it's not too many people, you know, they, you know, you know our young men, and I'm just glad I said, well, you know, this is the thing I wanted to say. It's hard for some of our young ladies, and there's nothing against you young ladies, to raise a young men, but, you know, what is your opinion about some of these young men that think that are spoiled, and, you know, because they're, they're, they're women, and I don't want to get beat up. I'll probably get beat up later on, but that's all right. I can take it. I'm a man. But um, when they, these young men are spoiled, and then they go out here and think that, you know, society owes them something. Right, right. You, you asked what was the question again? Was my the question is, what do you do when these some of these women are raising the men, you know, young men the best they right. can, but they're spoiled? And then right. they come out in society and think that society owes them something. Right. I would. I would first. Uh, I agree. But being fair, because our women are doing a magnificent job just by okay. putting forth the effort. However, being imbalanced in a broken home does not help situation. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help. So what I would like to offer is more of a solution. This is the benefit of my book, The Science of Manhood, Steps to Self-Improvement, because it can go where some of our single-parent moms cannot go. It can go where some of these parents, both fathers and mothers, cannot go. The book can go with them, you know. This is the beauty behind The Science of Manhood, its ability to seep through the cracks, its ability to reach that wounded heart where it has become out of reach due to the lack of discipline or the conditions in the home or whatever bullying, whatever obstacle that young man or youth is is going through. So, yes, we ruin our young men when we don't give them the the, uh, true description of reality and what it takes, how working, how working to earn a, a decent living is important. And also, be fair. Don't just teach them to go find a job. Start instilling the seeds to create a job for themselves. Amen. To, yeah. to bring their mm, ideas to life. This, these are the things in a young man that he hungers for, to own, to be part of, to, to, to make moves. This is why the gang is so successful. When, when fathers are, are off their posts and not in a home, this is what makes gangs so successful because it gives them a chance to belong. It gives them a chance to, to pursue something that they feel as though it's right at the time, fulfill it. And that's not the case. In my book, The Science of Manhood, Steps to Self-Improvement, again, there are 24 steps which can be proven to be life-saving. Chapters like never give up. Nothing's going to just fall in your lap. Respect for women. How to deal with law enforcement. These are things that are costing our young men uh, in particular. Uh, Their lives, their livelihood, their freedom. So, yes, 
I agree with you. I, it's best to offer a solution, and that's what I strive to do with the science of manhood. We have to have a solution to some of these problems. I applaud our women, our single-parent moms. I applaud them with every fiber of my being. But not only am I applauding you, I'm offering your listeners, under the sound of our voices, an avenue to help with your sons, to help with your nephews, to help with your brothers, to help with, with, with your husband. Offer them the signs of manhood. Everybody can use a push. We're in a dark world, and we need solution. Amen, amen, amen. We're about to close out the show, and I definitely appreciate everything you said tonight. And do you have any, you know, those were some great words. Do you have any last remarks for our listening audience? Yes. Take life into your hands to the best of your ability. Yes, there are many great books out there. I offer you the science of manhood, but there are many books. There are many authors. Lock in to someone to help increase and make you greater. That's what I would like for your listeners and for those in earshot to hear. Become greater. Lock in and become greater. Amen, amen. I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in and, you know, those who listening in to our guest tonight, Mr. Derek Barnes. He has truly inspired me um, with his story. And as always, Mr. Derek is now a part of Man and the Mirror family. We applaud you. We thank you for coming on tonight. If you have any more questions, you know, his information will be in our event page. And, um... I'm not going to add anything else because you did an excellent job tonight. We definitely enjoyed you on the show tonight. And I will close out, as always, this is Hezekiah Al Montgomery. And we'll see you at the mirror.